1: Welcome back to another three-peat episode. It's in a different voice introducing you guys tonight. It's your boy, TJ. And joining me are my other co-hosts. Steven Bonazzo. Josh Romowitz. And Alex Castle. Boys, it feels... I feel honored to be be hosting tonight. I'm usually... I'm sitting back. I'm in the weeds or got my man-of-many hats ready to send stats or... What have you, but we had a very nice and enjoyable, at least three out of four games were enjoyable for Castle and I, but the divisional round is said and gone and Castle, our Giants didn't look too hot, but that's all right. They're in a rebuild, so, you know, so Stevie, I want to, I want to start with you first What was one
2: of your biggest takeaways from this past weekend's games? All right. Think carefully about this uh, answer, buddy.
3: Oh, because of last week?
2: All I'm saying is just think carefully with your answer. Hmm. Okay, my biggest
3: takeaways is Joe Burrow and the Bengals are here to stay. They they weren't a one-hit wonder. They, they are legit, like, can be legit contenders as long as they kind of keep this core together and Joe Burrow, you know, remains, like, the guy and, you know, hopefully healthy and everything because, I mean, if you think about it, before the game, Buffalo, Buffalo's home. It's snowy, perfect Buffalo conditions. And then the Bengals... Come in, not only beat them, and Demar Hamlin was also made his first public appearance, um, since his unfortunate incident against the Bengals. So you have all those factors, and the Bengals still went in and won. I believe it was what twenty-seven to ten. That's not like it's they won by a field goal, you know, game-winning field goal or something like. That. I mean, they won by more than two touchdowns. Um, and Joe Burrow he is him like he is the guy um if i were if i were to like take a quarterback like on a team right now like joe burrow would definitely be up there obviously mahomes um but i think i don't even take joe burrow over josh allen um you know i think josh allen like yeah he's mobile he's got the hell of an arm but he turns the ball over too much you know he looked a little frantic you know the past couple weeks Joe Burrow just always looks poised. Um, and even when he turns the ball over, he never seems, you know, he just knows that, you know, he's able to overcome it. And um, so I really think – and and their O-line was pretty depleted coming into that game, and then even during that game, I think more guys got hurt, and they were still able to handle Buffalo. Um, so I really – I truly think, like, Cincinnati, they – you know, I'm not going to call them a dynasty, obviously, because they they haven't even won a Super Bowl yet. But I think this is now like we're going to see Cincinnati not just make the wild card sneak into the playoffs. Like, I mean, back to back AFC championships, and if they can win this upcoming Sunday, then you could really check them in back to back Super Bowl appearances. Um, so I I just I really think you know the Bengals they got to. Good thing going over there, and uh, Cincinnati fans should be excited.
2: And also, with all the talk that it's been about Cincinnati and Buffalo leading up until this point, it seems like people counted out the Bengals, and that's kind of been the way their season has been all year. They've been counted out. I don't know why. I I said in the middle of the season when we were recording last year last season that um. It's not fair to to Cincinnati to say that they're not the top dogs in the AFC because frankly they're they they're the reigning AFC champs and they they didn't drop off like the Rams did. They're still playing really good football and they're the they should be considered the top dogs in the AFC. Aren't they?
3: They have like the highest winning streak right now, right? With ten games, ten game winning streak or something like that.
2: And then I think Kansas City has nine has a nine game winning streak or something. I think it's two winning streaks going against each other. Yeah. Um still that's absurd to especially in football. Any any when any given Sunday you 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 have a really good shot of being upset and losing. The fact that they're playing their best football at the end of this well, from the middle point of the season to now, but they're still they're playing their best football. Joe Burrow is playing his best football right now and it seems like throughout his career he plays his best football when the lights are the brightest, stage is the biggest national championship uh lsu his rookie year he was hurt and then last year what he did leading his team to the super bowl and now this year on the verge of possibly going back to back super bowl appearances joe burrow plays his best when backs against a wall elimination games you name it joe burrow i agree with that take that he might be the best quarterback in football not named patrick mahomes and you can make the argument that he's right up there with patrick mahomes it's it could be one a one b are sort of franchise, honestly, if Joe Burrow wins the Super Bowl this year, they would have the same accolades, same accolades, with the exception of no, he wouldn't have the uh, regular MVP. season. He would have the same amount of Super Bowl appearances and Super Bowl wins. So it could very well be one A, one B. Um, but they're they're going into Arrowhead. That uh, that is no easy task. That's gonna no. be. Injured Mahomes, healthy Mahomes, it doesn't matter. Pat Mahomes is still going to be playing. He's still going to be on that sideline. He's still going to be in in that game. So you can't count out the Chiefs in that matchup regardless.
3: I got two things before we kind of move on. Um, When you were saying like Mahomes and Burrow could be 1A1B, and I forgot who I was reading on Twitter. I don't know. Maybe it was like Dan Rovowski or like some sort of analyst. And they were saying that like Mahomes is like probably the most gifted like probably athlete or like or like uh, an NFL like the like quarterback in the NFL I mean like the types of throws he makes his you know like abilities like that but this the the um but just the viewing just from like the quarterbacking aspect Joe Burrow is the best quarterback so like Mahomes is the best like like quarterback in the sense of like of what he can do but the terms of just like knowing how to play the position Joe Burrow is the best because really Mahomes is best like times comes when he's like under pressure and he's almost playing like backyard football, you know, when he makes those crazy throws and runs around like eight different times and then, you know, that's when he like plays his best or when he's does those sidearm throws on the run. like but Joe Burrow just knows how to make um play that position um and second, I guess it could kind of be a take where I said that so how the Bengals are, like, here to stay and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think the Bills' Super Bowl window's closing. I'm not saying their playoff window's closing, but their Super Bowl window's closing because that's three years in a row where they're expected to, you know, like, make the Super Bowl and even the past probably two years. So, Bob would probably say, like, that first year when they lost to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, you know, that was a really positive mark. But then once it, it was then the expectations were to reach that and farther the Super Bowl, and especially this year was like they were contenders to win it they were you know high favorites at the start of the season middle of the season to uh to make and win it. the fact that now they lost a, got bounced even before the AFC championship again, and you think you know they're already paying allen they're paying Diggs, they just paid Von Miller, you know, but then there there are two safeties, you know like. Those guys are expensive and they're older now they're getting injured. you know von Miller, he's only getting older and you know now he's coming off this injury. um so you're not gonna be able to keep this entire team intact um, and it seems like they have kind of they have some a lot of troubles with uh, injuries you know year in year out. So obviously they they'll still be favorites next year, but slowly but surely like their window to win at all is kind of close in my opinion. Um, so I don't know what it's going to take for them to get over that hump that they haven't been able to the past couple years. Maybe they tr- need a true running back, like, and not just kind of like a committee one. Um, I think I thought their old line's pretty good. Maybe they need some more pieces there defensively. Like, you know, I thought they had good guys all the way around. Um, you know, I thought the coaching, you know, I like their coaching. So I don't know what it is. There's special teams, I think, is fantastic. So like there's no excuse for them to be losing this early, you know, um in the playoffs each, you know, now for the past three years. So I won't be surprised if if really like they don't make one, um, because I thought these past couple years were those years to do it.
1: See, it's really, really funny you bring up, uh, like, the window closing and how Josh Allen has kind of declined this year. And I kind of tie that into it's his first year without Brian Dable. Look what look what Daves was able to do with Daniel Jones, who was once a struggling quarterback, struggled with interceptions, fumbles, you name it. He was labeled a bust, shouldn't have been drafted where he was, this and that. And I just, I just think that losing Dable was a huge blow to Josh out. I wouldn't say like his progress, but maybe more like his ceiling, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm sounding right here or not, but
0: I think what you're trying. I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I agree. I think it's more of maybe, yeah, he maybe not necessarily the ceiling, because I think when you talk about athletes and their ceilings, the talent is always there. Um, so I think, I don't think his ceiling has changed. I think more of what the, along the lines of what you're saying is the momentum and his progress. I think that's what took a halt when Brian Dable left. And I, I think it's very apparent. I mean, this was one of his worst seasons that, that I've seen. I mean, and, 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 you know, the stats are there. And I know it's not, you know, we, we harp on it and the media harps on it, but I still am a very firm believer that it's not harped on enough, that coaching is is just so valuable in this league. and And it shows. I mean, I don't know what the deal with the Bills new OC is. I don't know what his history is, but. There was that video of that temper tantrum of him from that one game. Uh, and- if
2: I'm remembering correctly, I think he was he was the quarterbacks coach that was elevated to being uh, OC. So I don't think he had actual play calling experience. Stevie might know better. Wait, than- Does that sound right? Which, yeah,
3: it was the, the um for the Bills. Yeah, the I think was it Ken Dor uh, Ken Dorsey was his name. Yeah, Dorsey. Yep. Yeah, he got promoted, which- right?
0: Yeah, and and that's a very fair point. It's his first time play calling. So there's definitely going to be some rough patches. But on the other hand, this is his quarterback coach. This is the coach who was not only specifically working with Allen, but he was part of Brian Dable's offense, which that Buffalo offense did carry over a lot of it to New York. So I think it's a lot of it really has to do with coaching. Uh, but I think Josh Allen definitely mentally was frazzled this season. And I just want to throw in one more thing about the Bills. I don't know if you guys saw. I, I, I'm sure you guys did. You guys are more active on Twitter than I am. But I'm sure you guys saw the tweet about Stefan Diggs and his early exit from the locker room. I think that's absolutely pathetic, especially, you know, everything that's transpired this season for that team. You wear that captain patch on your jersey it's not just a symbol you, you got to play the part and i think that really is going to show a lot about this team's future not future chemistry aside from their play
1: yeah i uh, i couldn't i couldn't agree more and i i don't know too much about like i know he didn't he tweet something about uh like people not knowing what's going on and making assumptions and shit
0: and kind of like yeah,
1: how, and- um, oh
3: sorry castle you.
0: Oh no! I was gonna say yeah, and then that's when Eli Apple, uh, tweeted the Cancun and three with the, uh, Damar Hamlin related emoji, and that's when everything blew up. And I could go on and I, I could go on a Stevie size rant about Eli Apple, but essentially yes, TJ, that's that's what it was. Yeah, Eli yeah. Apple, he's got a um, he's
3: got to tone it down a little bit because he talks a big game for, like. Yes, he's getting carried by that Bengals team because he sucks. And to throw in that DeMar Hamlin thing, that was messed up. Listen, if you want to chirp Diggs, whatever, but don't be bringing in DeMar Hamlin's thing. And, you know, um, be, I, I thought that was messed up. But,
2: I think it's just it's, funny coming from a guy whose career highlights include being highlights for opposing players, like the most monumental – Eli Apple play that I can remember in the last year or so was the Cooper Cup touchdown in on the fade route in the Super Bowl last year that's that is the first Eli Apple play that comes to mind and I'm sure other highlighting real touchdowns are what come to mind for other people who know Eli Apple's game as well you don't think of an interception or a turnover when you think of Eli Apple you think of him getting cooked
1: yeah, I, I can go on and on about Eli Apple as well, but I'm just gonna leave it with this. He's the Brandon Knight of the NFL. He's the player that other players get highlights from.
2: Oof. Ooh, well, that that was cold. Ooh.
1: But we, we heard we heard from Stevie. Josh, I want to hear from you. What's your biggest takeaway from, from this weekend's games?
2: I think it's pretty obvious. I got to direct this to Stevie again. Um, you're talking a big game. You're kind of Eli Apple last week on the podcast. Um, you Really, wow, you really seemed like a non-believer in Brock Purdy. And frankly, with the way you're talking, it seemed like you thought that the Cowboys w- would go into San Francisco and win. Is that correct?
3: Not necessarily. I th- I said it depended how they... How Dak and everyone played, and Dak turned the ball over too much.
2: Because San Fran's team is really, really good. Loaded. And I'm not denying that he's not being carried by a great offense. If you throw him in a crappy system, I'm sure he'd be he'd look like a seventh round. All I'm coach.
3: saying that all I'm saying though is Brock Purdy didn't win that game last week. He didn't lose it, but he didn't win that game last week. They don't that defense
2: carry them. Which they don't need him to be. That was that's my big thing, is What you're you don't really understand is they don't need him to be a guy to win them the game. As long as he's not turning it over and not being the reason why they lose. He could very well be the franchise quarterback for that reason alone. He's he's 23 years old. He was thrown into an offense where he doesn't really know because it was built around Jimmy G and Trey Lance. And he had to pick that up. And then now he's on the verge of possibly being the Super Bowl as a rookie. I'm saying.
3: And all I was saying was that, like, I like Brock Purdy, and he's done, he has done a good job, but you take those weapons, that defense away, and...
2: But there's no need to. That's the thing. There's no need to, because they're going to be there for years to come. We don't need to have this debate again. Well, you could
3: be traded. You know, McCaffrey, at some point, could be could leave. Trent Williams is up there for age, so, you know, like... I'm just saying, you know, like
2: well, I mean, we're not doing this again. I know so he, he asked me what impressed me the most and I'm going to give TJ that answer. We're not debating again. I know you ridiculous last week. Um, I don't, we don't need to play these hypotheticals. Um, but what did impress me was how San Fran's defense looks unstoppable. And they're going to be up for a big challenge this weekend. As your, your giants witness the Eagles, when they're healthy, they're and motivated, They're as dangerous as any but so is San Fran that defense Nick Bosa and their linebackers uh Drake Greenlaw is that isn't right? Drake Greenlaw is that his name
1: Drake
2: Greenlaw yeah, yeah. Greenlaw yep uh, Fred Warner they're ridiculous Nick Bosa is one of the best pass rushers in the league and he gets to the quarterback very quickly Dak Prescott yeah he, we we complain we talk about him and how he struggles and frankly he's not all of that and I get that but the fact that he was under pressure all night. Had two interceptions. Their run game was non was non existent. Ezekiel Elliott, ten carries, twenty six yards. Tony Pollard could have been used a lot more, but you know that's Mike McCarthy for you. Um, Mike McCarthy's brilliant play calling at the end led to Ezekiel Elliott ending up at center, brilliant and getting demolished. Whatever. I could go on and on about Dallas's play calling, but they're out. They're irrelevant. They're in Cancun right now, so it doesn't matter. But I'm excited to see how the, their defense and their pass rush goes up against the Eagles. You guys saw firsthand how when Jalen Hurts is getting protection, they have a very good offensive line in the Eagles. It'll be a, a battle between Nick Bosa going up against the Lane Johnsons, the Jordan Mailata. Who else do they have? Landon Dickerson.
1: Jason Kelsey.
2: Jason Kelsey, of course. So it'll be a battle in the trenches. Probably some more ugly football, TJ. Probably some more ugly football. Um, If Philly could establish a run game, whether it's Miles Sanders, whether it's Jalen Hurts, they'll have the advantage. And then on the flip side, if, um, if San Fran is able to run the ball, they got Christian McCaffrey, they got Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel. Brock Purdy could run, too. If they could also establish the run game, then they'll have the advantage because both of their defenses are elite. Probably the best two defenses in football. So might be a very low scoring because both defenses are going to come out swinging and playing. So whoever establishes the run game will most likely win the game.
3: Okay, I'll, I'll say this. If Brock Purdy can go into Philly and not just like barely do anything, like if he can go into Philly and actually look the part and lead the Niners to the Super Bowl, I'll be that much more convinced he could be the guy.
2: You know what? Brock Perry's bandwagon doesn't want to accept you anyway. I'm not saying I'm hopping on it, but I'd be more
3: like, like, you know, I don't
2: have to word it like that. What the fact that he's a rookie, a seventh round, last pick rookie going on the road, you're like, Oh, if he plays this well, not why isn't it? If he goes into Philly and wins the game, they're going to the Super Bowl.
3: Well, I'm saying if if the if the defense does everything, say if the offense doesn't score, the defense they went on like field goals and the defense like say, um, scores a touchdown. Then how can you say he because he pretty much did nothing. But if he like, I'm not saying he has to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns, but if he makes clutch throws when he needs to and scores a touchdown here or drives them down the field, most you know like, then yeah. Because Philly, to me, this Philly team is really, 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 like a top team that I've seen in a while.
2: This will be his biggest test, no doubt.
3: Because I think this Philly team could have beaten the Rams last year in the Super Bowl. I think this Philly team is a lot better than that Rams team last year. Yeah. They are like, they are stacked pretty much every position. They have at least two guys that could be like number one guys for for their respective position on other teams.
2: I think this Philly team is probably, from top to bottom, most talented. The difference is San Fran has a much better coach, in my opinion. Kyle Shanahan doesn't get the love and respect that he deserves. When, When people talk about coach of the year, yeah, he might be a finalist, but he's never talked about as the guy who should win. And Brian Dable, I think, will win, and he should. Doug Peterson as well. But Kyle Shanahan, year in, year out is overlooked because the expectation for San Fran just seems like it's super bowl or bust. And it really doesn't get talked about enough. Andy Reid is in that conversation. Zach Taylor's in that conversation, but Kyle Shanahan, what he had to go through this year and to still maintain those expectations, it's pretty absurd. The fact that he went into the season with Trey Lance as his starter, got knocked out week one, then Jimmy G came in in relief. And after all the drama that went on with Jimmy G in the off season, how we weren't sure if he was going to be back or not, that he carries that most of the year. And he did very well. Gets hurt out for, this, uh, out for most of the season. Now, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. Oh, great. The season's over for the 49ers. Nope. Eight straight wins. And now they're on the verge of possibly being in the Super Bowl. Like, Kyle Shanahan is a has to be a top two, top three coach. For sure. Well, this will be an interesting test for Nick Sirianni, too.
3: Because now he's playing a team that's, a lot more at their level than you know the Giants were, and um, like say if the Cowboys were, you know, or even like the Cowboys. I I never really liked my. This game. is without
2: a doubt the top two teams, and then the rest are a drop off, in my opinion, and I'm yeah. sure we all agree the same. Agree.
3: You know, and so then, say if, you know, so that's why, um, and really whoever comes out of the AFC, that'll be another big test too. So like these will be if Nick's year if the Eagles keep winning, this will be a good test to, because really anyone can win with that roster. But then if he can win a game like this week and if he can win the Super Bowl, then, you know, you got to give – I was like Doug Peterson. You know, when, when the Eagles won, it was like a really impressive win because they played with Nick Foles, their backup. You know, but the same thing, the Eagles had a good have have had a good roster. Um, so But then I didn't really know, is he really that good of a coach? Well, you got to be if you win the Super Bowl. And two – I mean, look at look what he's done with Jacksonville. So that's why it'll be a good test for Nick Sirianni these next couple of weeks, unless if it ends Sunday. But uh, because, yeah, we know Kyle Shannon is a great coach because the 49ers are always in it, you know. Andy Reid, same thing. Granted, he's had talented teams, but even through, like, ups and downs. I
2: think Zach no Taylor is, on that, is about to be on that level, too.
3: Oh, yeah, because if you look at the Bengals, like you like were saying, their O lines depleted, like they they have injuries across the board too, and yet the fact that he keeps them playing this well, um, and their their defensive coordinators also like I didn't really realize how special he is after, except for until like watching these last couple weeks and stuff like that I really listening to everyone said about the Bengals and it is true. I think what's it, Lou, uh, um.
2: Luada something
3: something with an a nay right I forgot how to pronounce it but either way like his just play calling scheming is just so unique compared to some other defensive coordinators and uh, I
2: don't, don't want to leave it at that
3: Lou Arummo Lou Arummo so yeah yeah he deserves to get his full name you uh, know so yeah I'm I'm done right now
1: well you you kind of took uh of my other topics here that we're gonna talk about, but that's okay. We're kinda of intertwining and rocking and rolling. Uh Castle, before I go, I want your biggest takeaway. And it could be Giants, it could be any it can be any other team from this past weekend's games, but I want to hear what you gotta say.
0: Well I mean uh there's not really <laughs> Talking about the Giants, there's really not much to say. Um, we're rebuilding, like you said, where it was a very uneven game, very frustrating, uh, very questionable some questionable calls by Daves, but I'm not, you know, not gonna get into to that part of it. Um my biggest takeaway from this weekend, you know, I kind of I was going to maybe talk a little bit about Jacksonville, how the fact that they only lost by seven points and, you know, they they are building something really, really special there. Um, I think it's going to take a little bit, little bit longer to get, get things going. Uh, And Mahomes also was hurt, but still you got to give them credit for, for only keeping it uh, a touchdown. So that's one takeaway, but I really got to, really got to go with Stevie. Stevie, what Stevie said about the bills and it's going to be very interesting to see what this team does in the off season. You know, Josh Allen, you know, all he was, was hyped up and hyped up and listen, he's got the talent and he he's a crazy build for a quarterback. He's got all of the tools, but my thing is, I think there's some disconnect with how he, operates mentally right now and how he's perceiving the game and the coaching and the way that, you know, Stevie was talking about, and you guys were talking earlier about Burrow versus Mahomes and, and, you know, they're different. What really makes them special between the two of them? I think Alan is, is more of the, I'm going to rely on my tools of you know my physical attributes, and I think that, and I think that's really shown this season. And you know, when you're operating the the line like that, and when when you're commanding in the huddle, you need to keep your cool and you need to keep your composure. And I don't think he has that. And I don't know if that's what's transpired this season. I don't know if you know. We we know Daves loves to light a fire under his players' asses, so maybe he's missing that. I don't know. But the Bills are going to need to do something to to really shake this team up because, like Stevie said, I really think their window is is closing, and I think this AFC Championship game is is going to be so fun to watch. And I my biggest takeaway from this is that Joe Cool is is Joe Cool, man. That <laughs> that that's my biggest takeaway.
1: Yeah, and and I can go on and on about kind of the same spiel as you guys with the with the takeaways but I kind of want to not switch gears but we're going to talk more about this weekend's games there's two two big ones we got they they mean a trip to the Super Bowl and from what's I want to start with you first who do you think is going to win both the NFC and the AFC and why
2: this is, this is tough. Um, I'm going to start with the AFC and I think it's going to be Cincinnati. Um, it's Joe Burrow just has Mahomes' number and that, and I just think that Mahomes' injury, he's not going to be close. He's not going to be a hundred percent. Probably may not be close to it, but I think he, he's going to play third. He's going to be a warrior, but I think it will come back to bite them because It'll affect his mobility, and that'll make him a little bit more one-dimensional in what he does. So I think that'll be easier for the Bengals to capitalize on when it comes to their pass rush and being able to sl- slow down their run. They don't run much to begin with, but when they do, Mahomes in the playoffs likes to be creative, and he likes to run. We saw the first play of the game uh, last week was an option play where it looked like he was just going to keep it himself. And then he pitched it to Pacheco. They're not going to be doing much of that this weekend. If his ankle is nowhere near hundred percent. So that's why I think Cincinnati is going to win. And then the second game, it really is a toss up. You have Brock Purdy, who's not experienced in the playoffs going up, going in a very hostile environment. And we saw what happens when inexperienced quarterbacks in the playoffs go up go in Philly and Daniel Jones yeah he was sharp he was okay but he was far from what we saw in Minnesota but that's being said I do think the 49ers defense will be able to slow down Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy this year has shown that he can make throw timely throws so I think it'll be 49ers Bengals in the Super Bowl and with the, so with that being said, both road teams will be victorious. Just another fun fact.
1: You you must know that I like fun facts because that you, you you always got one for me, almost always. Stevie B, give me your predictions: who's winning the AFC, who's winning the NFC,
3: and why? Okay, so this is what I'm gonna do because I like the since I like the Bengals Niners pick, um, and I'll kind of. Give my reasoning for why I agree with that one um
2: because no want to agree with the 49ers I know in your heart no you
3: no 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 no, no. It, you act like I hate Brock Purdy and I don't believe in any in the 49 like that's not true in the slightest it's not, that's not let's clear those things up because I really did like Brock Purdy coming out of uh college I was and what he did there was very impressive you know he kind of brought them on the map
2: fun uh, fact, sorry T. I, I. I just thought of this fun fact and I know TJ loves them you know, this is the second time Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts have matched up. Yep. They played in each other in college. I Iowa State, Oklahoma. 42-41 was the final score. In favor of Jalen Hurts. In favor of Jalen Hurts. So, Brock Purdy, revenge game, baby.
3: And I will say Brock Purdy led a serious comeback because Oklahoma was up like 42-28 or something like that. 21. And then Brock Purdy did lead them back. Um, but then he threw a pick for the two-point conversion. So... Uh, anyway, so, um, so for the AFC championship game, you know, I would say obviously, like last year when they these teams meet, Matt, you know, I was like, I forget what I picked, but I probably picked the Chiefs because Mahomes, you know, he's coming off two Super Bowl appearances, like he's been there, he's done that. But this year, now you can say the same for Burrow, he's been there and he's done that, you know, and really the Bengals were this close to winning the Super Bowl. If they had a better line, so Burrow had time to make more throws, especially that last play where he got sacked, I forgot what it was a chase or something. It was wide open, you know? So they it's not like the Rams blew them out of the water. Um and then even last year, like they overcame the deficit in arrowhead at halftime and came back and won the game. So and since then, like Burrow's like from said, Burrow's just had Mahomes' number. Some guys just own other guys, you know, like when they play, like they just can't beat them. It really um, feels
2: like a game that Mahomes needs to win. I'm gonna almost,
3: say. almost, you know, um. So it was, it, it feels like finally, like when Peyton took down Brady, you know, it could be something like that when Mahomes finally takes down Burrow, which is crazy because obviously everyone else is trying to take down Mahomes, and to Burrow he has no problem doing that. Um, and you know, then you want to think like, oh, you know, but it's Mahomes, it's an arrowhead, but like his injury, like a high ankle sprain is no joke. I mean, that's not just like, oh, you're fine in a week. I mean, even like a mid to low ankle sprain, you're probably out for a couple weeks. A high ankle sprain, that's almost worse than if you just like say clean break fracture it. You almost rather do that because that's a quicker, easier recovery. You know, so um, And then there was a video where it looked like he had no limp today at his press conference. I mean, he's going to try his best to act like he's fine, but he's going to be hurting on Sunday, and they're probably going to inject him with painkillers or whatever they do and, and tape the crap out of it. But, like, he's going to be hurting. So it's really going to, especially, like, he, you know, not that he's, like, a fast guy who always looks to run, but he relies on moving, you know, out of the pocket and creating those opportunities like that. He's, you know, he's going to have a tough time doing that. And the Bengals D line can force pressure. It's not like they can. um, So that's why I think, yes, yeah, Cincinnati can go in. And plus, Cincinnati's got, like, dogs, legit dogs. Jamar Chase is a top receiver already just in his second year. T. Higgins is, like, could be a number one guy on a lot of teams. And even Tyler Boyd, you know, his production now is dropping because now he's playing with Higgins and Chase. But at one point when he was the main guy, he was getting over a thousand yard seasons. So that's three guys they have that can be legit contributors on other teams all in one offense.
2: Plus they also have a run game on like Kansas city. Yeah,
3: exactly. So they actually have, you know, so against the Chiefs secondary against like the Bengals offense. I mean, not too many defenses can even stop that, you know, even on the M- like the Niners and Eagles would have a tough time matching up against that. Um, and then for the NFC reasoning, it's tough because same kind of thing. Like, the 49ers now, like, this is – so they made the Super Bowl in 2019, loss to the Chiefs. Same thing, close game. 2020, they they didn't, you know, make the um, championship game um, or anything. They might have made the division or maybe they didn't make the playoffs, whatever. But now the two years in a row, they're in the back in the NFC championship game. So, like, they know this. They have this experience of playing in this game, playing this late into the season. The Eagles, yes, they just won the Super Bowl, you know, in 2017. But now it's a whole new staff. It's a lot of new guys. There's a couple, you know, like Jason Kelsey, um, Lane Johnson. um, Trying to think defensively. I don't uh, Fletcher Cox. But these are a lot of new guys. So they don't have that experience. Nick Sirianni doesn't have that experience. Kyle Shanahan has experience. But then Brock Purdy, you know, versus Jalen Hurts right now, obviously Jalen Hurts is a, you know, MVP candidate. So it's like, it's tough because the 49ers have more of that championship experience, but the Eagles overall, like, you know, for some of their positions are, I think better off right now. So, that one I think and, and then Philly has a home field advantage, but San Fran has gone into Green Bay in the playoffs in the cold, taking them out. You know. Um last week they, you know, they were home, but they handled Dallas. Like they handle like legit teams. So I think this one really could be a coin flip. You know, I I, I could easily see the 49ers upsetting the uh, Eagles. Or I could see the Eagles, you know, winning at home and going back to the Super Bowl for the for, you know, um for you know, another time in just a span of a couple of years. So that's kind of my take. I, I can't really give you an NFC prediction, but that's you know, I just can't
2: You're terrible at this.
3: I I give reasoning. I, I don't give picks.
1: It's fair enough. I, I can't
3: I
2: can't just say one name. That's it. Just say a name. Whatever first thing that comes to mind. Eagles, Niners, say it. Niners. Perfect.
1: That Brock Purdy shrine in the back room there is gonna love it, Stevie. Castle, last but not least, I wanna I wanna hear your your prediction, who you got, who's going who's going to the Super Bowl,
0: and why. So for the AFC, I'm gonna give it to the Chiefs. You know, I think Mahomes is coming off a very uh, frustrating ga- game with the injury. Even though they won, you you can see the frustration on the sideline. And I think he's going to kick it into another gear, knowing that he's one, one step away from the Super Bowl. I also think that this Super Bowl, if he makes it and wins, it, it's going to be more meaningful to him. That's even what he said in an interview one time. He said – This next Super Bowl, that's the one that's really going to mean something to me. And he's facing the Bengals again in the AFC Championship. It's the rematch. I don't think he's going to want to lose two years in a row. Yes, they don't have the same talent that the Bengals do, but I think we're just going to see some Mahomes magic and we're going to see those physical skills that Stevie talked about earlier, these crazy passes could even see a big game from Kelsey. That's my AFC prediction. NFC. I'm saying this against every fiber in my being. It makes me sick to say this. I I might pass out. I got to give it to the Eagles. Uh, And this is not me crapping on Brock Purdy. I, I think it's been a lot of fun watching him and what he's done with San Francisco, but Philly is just such a complete team. And you could go on and on about the Pro Bowl players, the complete roster, everything. So my my, my prediction is we're, we're going to see a Chiefs-Eagles uh, Super Bowl. And anyone who's in the Philadelphia area, I do pray for your safety, no matter what the results are.
2: Did I just hear that correctly? Alexander Castle is picking the Eagles.
1: Yeah, I, I heard it, and I, I and
2: I didn't see like a gun being held to his head either. Like this was willing.
0: Well, I am hiding my background, so you you really can't, can't see what's behind me. But listen, it it kills me. I mean, I, I was suffering watching that game last week, but they're they're just so dominant. They're just so dominant. Castle, when you when you kind of moved a little bit and it the, your background kind of showed uh, what
3: your true background is, I thought I did see a little thing
0: behind your head. So. Just, just don't hesitate to to call the authorities if you guys don't hear from me after the episode. So. Of course. Well, you did say it, so you should be good.
1: Just, just blink twice if you're in trouble, okay? Uh, and I'll I'll just give my predictions real quick. I'm gonna go with with Joe Shiesty and the Bengals out of the AFC. Like Josh said, he just has Mahomes' number. He's one of the like one of the few quarterbacks that I could like sling it out against the, the Chiefs and actually come out on top. Um and like Stevie or not like or yeah like Stevie because he picked the Niners and like Josh I'm gonna also go with San Fran. Not because of Brock Purdy but because of the other offensive weapons that they have like CMC, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel and their defense. Fred Warner shined against the Cowboys. I mean I don't think anyone was going to be surprised by that but he he really did show up and it pains me because the Giants when the year Fred Warner was drafted had two picks in between that San Fran pick where they picked Fred Warner and we got I think Lorenzo Carter
0: and I think B.J. Hill was the other guy
1: Hill was the other draft no, pick and no
0: bangle so yeah. the the, be- the beauty of football folks
1: yeah they're both gone uh <laughs> anyway to to wrap up this week's show uh i want i want to hear x factors it could be any team any side of the ball hell it could even be a coach if if you're feeling that spicy enough
2: it might be a kicker cuz you know dallas you know they kind of needed a kicker in the last couple games
1: we all even though that first extra point was blocked we all knew it was going wide left <laughs> Anyway, Castle, we've been hearing from you last all night. I want to hear your first X-Factor. If you don't have one, I can go and skip ahead, but... No, so... First one.
0: So, my X-Factor for... I'm going to pick an X-Factor for the NFC Championship, and my X-Factor is going to be George Kittle. If the 49ers want to move the ball successfully, get it into Kittle's hands. I love George Kittle's energy. Uh, I I think he's he's just a fun tight end to root for. And Purdy and him seem to have a very, very good relationship right now. Good chemistry. He's making all the right plays to Kittle. Yes, you have McCaffrey. You have Samuel. You have Ayuk. My X Factor.
2: Seven, seven touchdowns in his last four regular season games.
0: And and Josh t- taking TJ's role tonight with the stats. I love it. I love it. But yep, that that's that's the uh, that's the nail on that on the the head for that one. Why he's my uh, X factor, Mister Kittle, aka our uh, our host's twin.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, I'm I'm George Kittle without the height and all the muscles, so. And the, the the super long hair, but anyway, Stevie, give me your X factor. It could be offense, defense, a coach, special teams. You name it. You pick it. What do you got for me?
3: All right, so I'm picking it, and I'm going. Uh, I'm staying the NFC Championship game, so I'm not going too far. But I'm going defense. Number I want to say forty something for the Eagles, Hassan Reddick.
0: Uh, um, he actually, I think he's nine. Humor. Or maybe it's nope, number, number seven. Now. Actually. Number seven. That's what I, I have the tattooed into my brain, and the guy behind me also is reminding me of that. So I, I just want to put that out there. That guy behind you, he's he's kind
3: of coming in handy right now, Castle. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it, I what he has done. I mean, what he's done this season, I think, is not too many people are talking about. I mean, just the sacks and the numbers he's had, and he's really turned into a, I think, an elite pass rusher in this league. Um, and then even just last week, he was wrecking havoc on the Giants line, which we know isn't the greatest. They have some pieces, but not the greatest. So granted the Niners line would be great, but you know, like besides Trent Williams, uh, even Mike McGlinchey last week, he was kind of getting beat, um, by Micah Parsons a little bit. So I think if he can wreck havoc and be in Brock Fadies, you know, face all night, like that can cause Brock Purdy to be unsettled and and lead to bad decisions that he hasn't really made yet. So um yeah, Hassan Rennick, I think he can really kind of take over this game for Philly's defense and um and if he's getting pressure, you know, then you know the other D linemen are gonna get pressure too. Um so yeah I think he he could be a big uh, X factor for this week.
1: I like it. I like it. As much as I despise the Eagles, unlike Castle, there's nobody here holding a gun to my head. I I do like that pick. I I can say that at least. Josh, last but most certainly not least.
2: I just want to give a shout-out to Castle, taking George Kittle. That was mine, so great minds think alike. Um, They do. They do. You know, I'm going to go a little unconventional with this pick because I harped on it earlier when I was talking about the AFC Championship game. Given Mahomes' injury, I don't really know what their running game is going to be like. Therefore, my X factor is going to be Isaiah Pacheco. I think we're going to see an increased role from him. Last week, he ran the ball very well, only got 12 carries, but he had 95 yards. And then the last time the, the, that the Chiefs played the Bengals, which was a loss, he had a touchdown. I think it was 14 carries, 66 yards, had a, had a couple catches. So I think we're going to need to see him get the ball at least – and the 14-16 uh, carry range. And he's going to have to run the ball effectively. The front line for the Chiefs are, are going to have to create holes for Pacheco to, you know, make Mahomes' life a little easier. Otherwise, it could get very ugly very quickly because that's how good the Bengals' team is.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. And – I, I think uh Stephen A and Dan Orlowski were talking about it this morning on uh First Take about how Pacheco could be a game changer for the Chiefs coming up against the Bengals, and I I like I like Castle's trend of with a tight end, and I'm gonna go with a tight end as well, but it's not it's not Travis Kelsey, it's Hayden Hurst.
0: I, he, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. No, he
1: he was second behind Jamar Chase in yards last game. They both had five receptions. Chase had 61. Hayden Hurst had 59. Both had one touchdown.
2: It was a nice touchdown, too.
1: It was. It was a very beautiful touchdown. So i th- I think if they can establish the connection early, that being Joe Burrow and Hayden Hurst against that Chiefs secondary, which does have holes in it. If you can find it, there are holes. And if, if that can be the case, I think Hayden Hurst is going to have a career, not a career game, but he's going to have a very, very good game. But I think, I think that wraps it up for everyone. Yeah.
0: I really like that he went with Hurst and it's uh it's really nice to see him uh him thriving with this with this Bengals team. His last team was the Falcons, right? That was his last team was Atlanta. Yeah, it's uh it's a really cool story. Does a lot of good work off the field. I'm not rooting for either team. I just want to watch a good game, but I I will be happy for for Hurst if he makes it to the Super Bowl. That's why I I think Cass I, I agree with you. I think this, I was looking for
3: the uh nFL playoffs uh so much this year, and it, not that they've been the worst games, but I don't know they haven't really been the best games uh so i'm I'm just rooting for a really good championship Sunday, you know
2: the, the Chargers Jaguar game was really good what, what in the last quarter or so I mean, It was twenty four
3: second, second half yeah, but like you think about in the first half it was just tur- all turned Jaguars, and then you know the Chargers had that huge lead um And then, you know, obviously, like, the Vikings-Giants game was really good, so chalk that up. You know, but then the Giants-Eagles game sucked. Um, You know, the Bengals-Bills, like, I thought it could have been a lot better, um, in my opinion. The Bengals just kind of dominated. You know, the 49ers-Cowboys game, it was close and something like that, but I thought that game was kind of sloppy. So, I don't know, I'm just looking for a good football game. It doesn't have to be high scoring, but, you know, just like a good kind of, you know competitive and where it doesn't have to be like, yeah, high scoring or like turnover central, just, you know, go blow for blow and, you know, really just see some good football. I feel like we've yet to truly see that in the playoffs. So just my little, my little take there.
1: Hey, I like it. It's not, it's not a big, massive Stevie rant, which, which can be fun at times. It it wasn't, wasn't necessary. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I'm also excited for some, at least the the hope for some good football. I either whether it's a shootout or it's a defensive game or what, I just need some really good football. And that that brings us to a close on another episode of the Three Pete podcast. Thank you all for listening and I want to thank our sponsors and partners, Kevin and our partner Kevin, Wild Chat Sports. They're doing some phenomenal stuff over there. to thank liberty liberty shirt co maybe now that i got the hosting chair maybe i'll get my shirt before stevie who knows (laughs) and last but not least greg and op sports betting they're doing some really cool stuff with cryptocurrency and, and sports betting on live games i don't know too much about it i don't think any of us know too much about it we gotta have him on here one of these days I know we keep saying that but we got to we got to get him on. He's got to he's got to fill us in on what's going on with their website and how they're doing and just how everything just works and operates. Thank you again and it's it's been a fun time hosting and hopefully it's not the last time you hear me host.